0: So what we're going to talk about is is going to be uh, nothing new to you. We've been talking about this for a little bit now, um, but I really want to push in and press into relationships um, because uh, I, I think that it's it's always interesting to me. That um, as I uh, preach about something and as I'm preparing for something, as I'm really meditating on something, God brings more and more and more um, uh, examples and illustrations and people and everything into my life to kind of illuminate even more uh, what it is that he's doing. Um, And uh, he he makes uh, things come real in a sense that I can really just grab onto. So I I think next week I'm going to preach on winning the lottery. Um, So... (laughs) But, hey, it would be nice to have a new church building, right? Um, no, but it, it, it's interesting. Over um, the last, well, we started the Healthy Church series, you know, about a month ago. We, we finished that up. But about a month prior to that, we started talking a little bit more about this, this relational element that we need to really focus on. And, and you would be surprised, maybe you wouldn't, how difficult you all have with relationships, Don't 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 look around. Don't think. Here's here's the thing. If you think that I'm talking about you particularly, um, get over yourself because I'm not. Because I've had numerous people, even people outside that have listened outside of the the church, talk to me about um, how they're dealing with relationships and how do I deal with this stuff. And it was apparent to me that that we need to talk a little bit more about it, because if we're going to. And last week uh, Scott and I were up here and we were talking. And uh, uh, if we're going to love this community, like we, we, we uh, have talked about and impact the community, um, Scott and I were talking, and Scott said it so poignantly, uh, that we've got to love one another. If we're not loving one another, and we're not in good, healthy relationships with one another, why in the world would anybody want to come into the craziness? Right? Right? are we going to be perfect? No, I said healthy, not perfect. Um, if you ever uh, think that, well, I got to go find me a perfect church, never go to a church that you think is perfect because you'll mess it up. <laughs> right? It, it, because anytime people come together, they're, they're, there's mess. And we all know this. Uh, some of you are, are, are thinking about your family like, Yeah. My family's a mess, okay. Some of you are thinking about some uh, other uh, uh, relationships. Maybe it's friends, maybe it's colleagues, maybe it's um, p- uh, students or w- w- whatever it may be. You, you think uh, about these people and you, and, and you say things like my wife, and this is why I buttered up because I'm going to throw her under the bus. My, like my wife has told me and said, you know what, I better stand over here. Before. <laughs> here <laughs> I, yeah, may, may, maybe even further. she got bad aim. Um <laughs> My, my wife has so poignantly said herself, people suck. And, and, and that, 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 is, that is true. If you think, she she you, yeah, she's okay with that, because it's true. And, 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 and I say that, I'm not, I'm not trying to get a rise out of you, but, but really, people really do stink really, 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 really bad. As, as um, uh, Lazarus, Lazarus was, was uh, explained that he stinketh, people really stinketh, right? I think that understanding that there is a reality that people stink and they suck sometimes. But like Shannon and I have talked, those same types of people can be awesome. You have to be able to deal with the stinky people to find the awesome people. And just as much as people can hurt you, and I'm sure every single person in here can think of um, somebody who has hurt you. Maybe they are hurting you. Maybe they will hurt you. Uh, maybe you're hurting someone else. I don't know. But, but you, can, you can think of someone and say, man, that, that, that hurts. That stinks. I, I don't ever want to. I don't like experiencing that. Well, if you isolate yourself and don't experience the hurt, I'll tell you what, you'll never find the great. And it hurts sometimes. And the reality is that we have to be vulnerable. And for a guy, that's tough. And I'm not saying that for ladies, it's not. But for all of us, it's tough sometimes to be vulnerable. Because as soon as we let our guard down, somebody then pounces on us and we get hurt. Well, understand that that's not how God designed relationships to be. And what we can do is we cannot control other people, but what we can do is we control our response in those situations. So um, what I want to talk about today is just that. um this relationship building. And over the next three weeks, uh, we're going to, it's going to be kind of the, the same uh, approach each week. We're going to talk about relationships. Uh, then at the end of the month, we're having a, the VBS Sunday, where we are going to have a picnic and um, all that fun stuff. So these next three weeks, I want to talk about relationships. And if you're taking notes, you want like, a title for this or whatever. I don't know. I just called it uh, Relationship Revision. Because I think that we need to revise the way in which we look at relationships and I think we need to understand how um, God intended relationships uh, to, to be. Um, now, in, in an age uh, where, where technology is just running rampant, and I'm, not, I'm not against technology, but I, I think that there's so many avenues to stay connected that we are so disconnected that it's not even funny. I, I'm not against you know Facebook or Instagram What's it called? Instagram or Snapchamp or, Whatever those crazy, I, whatever they are. I mean, I'm not against it. I don't. Obviously, I don't use those, but that's fine. Uh, Instant messages, a bling or whatever, text messages or email. That was like four years ago. Uh, what email? Uh, Instant messenger? In me- <laughs> <laughs> You've got mail. I I I get it. I I get it. So I'm a little updated. I, I, I understand that. But because we have all this new technology, sorry, we're still disconnected. And, and if we understand what a relationship, the definition of a relationship is, um, we don't have very many. We have a lot of acquaintances. And, and some of you can say, well, I've got 3,000 Facebook friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that gets you what? Do you feel good about yourself when you put something on Facebook and they give you 500 likes? Does it change your outcome on life? Yes, I'm mocking. Uh, Forgive me, I'm mocking. But I I think that that, that what we need to do is we don't need to put our value in um, things uh, of that nature because those aren't real relationships. Now, some of you will push back. Like, I've made some good connections. Absolutely, I I get it. They can be used for good tools. So I'm not saying everybody, let's burn. Facebook? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, let, let's really focus on what a relationship is. Uh, and you know me in my fashion. I I, I I looked up the definition, so we have a, a, a textbook definition of what a relationship is, and it is this: the way in which two or more concepts, objects, or people are connected. And I like the little the the, the, the shorter version of this definition: the state of being connected. The state of being connected. And I think about as as we look at this, the state of being connected. I think that there are um, things that we can say we have bad relationships and we have good relationships. So I don't want to talk about just being connected with somebody because some people need to be. You need to be disconnected with. And the Bible's clear; it says that the bad company uh, corrupts good morals. And, and there's things that we need to be disconnected. So, what we, but what I want to focus on is healthy relationships, uh, the, the way in which uh, God intended us to um, really uh, thrive. In, in life. because it's clear that, that, that God says that it's not good for man to be alone. He's mean mankind, it is not good for you, for me to live in isolation. That's where the devil wants us to live, but it's not good for us to, to live there. So we, we say things around here and you guys have heard this many a times that we need to build a bridge that will bear the weight of truth. That's how we build relationships. It's it's, it's this bridge that we have, and what we we want is not just a bridge with someone else. We want a bridge that when the truth is put on top of it, it won't crumble. I I think that as we um, are are progressing and we're learning how to do this, uh, we we have to have a clear focus on what it means to be in relationship. So what I want to do, I want us to turn to John chapter 1. We're going to be in John chapter 1 for the next three weeks. Um, today, my, my, my plan is to get through the first 18 verses here. Um, and, and why I want to do this is because um, some of you be like, well, that doesn't really pertain to, to relationships. I, I think that if we look, um, look at the big picture and, and look at the, the, the earthly ministry of Jesus... Jesus was all about relationships. And this is where it starts in this gospel of explaining this. And, and what I want us to do is I want us to understand that relationship begins with a response. Relationship begins with a response. So, so think about that. If, if every relationship we have, it has to, there has to be a response given, um, does it, and you, need to answer, you, you should answer this. Does it matter how you respond? Crickets. Cheep, 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 right? Yes, it matters how we respond. so I, I'm thinking we need to know we need to learn how to respond and how to better learn how to respond and just um, look to the the, the, source of, the source of truth, right? Are, are we all tracking? Yeah. I know I had a lot of coffee this morning. <laughs> yeah, I think my wife spiked it. <laughs> She my first one. Mm-hmm. You were still in bed snoring. Fantastic. John chapter one, verse one. All right. What I want us to do is I want us to to, to think about um, okay if we're thinking about relationships, and I believe this to be um, uh, the, the most important uh, building block in um, any relationship. And some of you will be like, well, that's kind of a stretch, and you're trying to just put your your preacher tools on us exactly, but. It's not a stretch because I I believe that the the foundation and God makes this perfectly clear in his word that the foundation to every relationship um, is dependent upon your relationship with God. Your relationship with God. I I love what, what John Calvin says that you cannot know yourself until you know God. Well, yeah, but I know all about me. No, no but you're not hearing what, 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 I'm, what I'm saying. And not only what I'm saying, what, what, what God says is he made us in his image. So if we want to know us and we think that we, and this is the beautiful and ugly part all at the same time about us, is we think we know what we want and what we need, but we fall, we fall short because we're not looking to God first to understand us. The Bible tells us in Ephesians that God wants to give us more than we can even imagine. He's got bigger plans. He's got bigger dreams. He's got um, bigger desires for us. And for us to live up to that potential, what we have to do is we've got to focus on him. And I believe that every relationship that we're in, if it's a, a marriage relationship, like my beautiful, loving wife and I, is good enough? If it's a marriage relationship, this is important. If it's a family relationship, my sister, I'm not going to talk about my dad because that's hard. Um, (laughs) This relationship, if it's a relationship with you, it's foundational that that I understand that relationship was designed by God. This coming together and being in community with one another was not something that man made. This is something that God designed. And if we really dive deep into understanding this, in this text here, when it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right out the gate here, we see that, that um, th- there's a relationship with inside of the Godhead. We believe here, as most Protestant churches, and I would hope all Protestant churches do, that we believe in, in the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's the first community, that's the first relationship and the most foundational relationship for all other relationships. And I think that if we're looking here and we're gonna say, okay, I want to be a better, I'll use myself, I wanna be a better husband. I don't set out to be a better husband, I set out to know God and to know him more and understand that he is going to work through me and the fruit of that is going to be my love for my wife. My wife will tell you that, that, that we have a clear understanding that um, we are not the ones in each other's lives that, that, that we love the most. Some of you are going, "Oh, what do you mean you don't love your wife the most? I love God more than I love my wife. And I know my wife loves God more than she loves me. And, and, and that, that foundation is going to be what sustains us through the highs and the lows. It's going to be what sustains us through all the tests of time is our love for God. And I came across this, um, this, this, this thought. Am I spitting on you? <laughs> I got like drops on my paper here. <laughs> there you go, splash it. Um, the older I get, I guess the more loose in the lips I get. Uh, I came across the, 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 this thought, and I'll, I'll say it, it is a thought, but I think it's a really good truth. A healthy relationship requires facing in the same direction, not at each other. Just think about that. Some people are like, well, we got to get together and we got to be face to face. I understand what you're saying, but 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 think about it. if we're facing in the right direction, and we're on mission together. That's the you know that's the, the, the big term now. Everybody wants to be on mission together. How about if we're doing life together in the right, in the same direction? That, that relationship that connectedness is going to grow cuz my wife will tell you i'll be honest when we when we face or face to face it's like a face off you know it, it's like it's almost as if we're going at each other but when, when we're on when we're on mission we're, on, we're we have a, an objective and we're moving towards something the relationship is so much more beautiful and some of you were like, okay, I get that, but what is it? Like, Do I got to pick a, 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 a hobby or something that we can do side by side? No, let's start with our pursuit of Christ. If my wife and I are pursuing Christ and we're pursuing the, the, the same goal, this, this, have the same focus, we're going to be naturally drawn together. This is why I love this statement so much, that a healthy relationship requires facing the same direction. Now, when we're facing the same direction, I'm not looking over at my wife saying, hey, you need to speed up. Or she's not looking over me like, you need to slow down. We're facing the same direction. Our, our, our eyes are, are focused on what Paul says on, on the, the, the upward call of the prize, which is Christ Jesus. No, that's not, we're not, I mean, maybe some of you, well, you're just trying to be super spiritual. No, Shannon and I have difficult days. Probably more difficult days than good ones in some weeks. But if we were to be honest and we were to say, let's just try to wrestle through our problems and let's try to fix our relationship, there is nothing in me or in her that is going to be able to fix our relationship. Because why? I don't know if you know this about my wife, but she's really sinful. (laughs) And she married, don't throw it, (laughs) and she married a bigger sinner, right? There are times that we have to understand that, yes, I'm not identified by sin. I am a saint. I get that. But I still have a tendency to do some stupid things. And it's, (laughs) (laughs) shut up, Jake. She don't need any help. (laughs) (laughs) Speak for yourself. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, well, fa- thanks, Teresa. <laughs> but what we have to do is it, I cannot overcome the sin in my life on my own. It's only by what Christ has done that I'm, I have the power to do that. And that is, is the, the, the key there is my response in the situation is important to the relationship. And, and what I want to, to communicate to, to us today is that we need to learn how to respond to God first in our relationship. And and, and that's why I want to read this, because I think that if we have a right view of God, we can have a right response to God. The Bible is clear in in Colossians uh, two different times. It says that the fullness of God, the full deity, the Godhead was pleased to dwell in Christ Jesus. So if we want to know what God looks like and and how he acts and how we are to respond to him, we need to look to and look at Jesus. And here, this is what, what uh, John is doing. Um, m- maybe we'll get really ambitious, and after we get done with this, uh, we'll just continue on and continue on through the book of John. I don't know, but what we, what we do know is the book of John was written so that you may believe, so that I may believe, so that we may believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's, that's what it says in John chapter 20. That's what, what, what he says. He says, that's why I wrote this book. So as we're looking at this, and everybody in here is thinking about a, a jacked up relationship that you have in your life. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to be able to see that I, I don't need to put um, unrealistic expectations on my relationships. I, I, I don't need to, to try to develop my own and do it my own way. What we need to do is we need to start with the basics of let me, let, let me press in to, and respond to God properly. And trust God's going to bless whatever relationship in which I'm in. I mean, you don't have to raise your hands, but I would imagine if I were to ask the question, who wants God to bless the relationships in your life? Everybody would be like, yeah, I, I, I do. If not, see me afterwards and we'll do an exorcism or something on you, right? No, but we want the, God to bless those relationships. How is God going to bless those relationships if we're not going to him first in those relationships? I mean, that, 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 that's, that, that's like... I don't know, I was going to say Christianity 101, but maybe it's, it's more like 601 because it, it, it's, it's been pushed further back. Well, that's, that's hard and that's complex and, and you have to know this to know that. No, You don't have to, to, to be Bible scholars to do this. It's identifying your object of worship and worshiping him, right? Are we tracking? Whew. All right. So in the beginning was, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and, or I'm sorry, the Word was God, and let me start over again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So if, for your geeks in here so that love this kind of trivia, um, this is a, a clear depiction that Jesus... Because some people will, will, will kind of push back, um, and maybe they don't push back, maybe they just don't understand, but that Jesus was present at creation. So when it says, in the beginning, God, Jesus was there. Matter of fact, the whole Trinity was there. We have a Trinitarian creation. That, that, that's just a big word for meaning that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit was there, was present. And here it says that all things were made through him, and without him not, was not anything made that was made. Just think about that. Anybody in here uh, um, uh, develop your own self in a test tube? No? Sometimes I think so. <laughs> if, yeah, I look at myself. Hey, I, I do. Every morning. and kiss the mirror, right? Um... <laughs> No, that'd be bad. (laughs) Pray for me, right? If you did not create yourself, you you fit into this. You're made by God. How how beautiful is that? Every human being in which we come in contact with has been made by God. Every human being has a purpose. Now, do they live up to the potential in which the the God has for them? Uh, No, not all do. But you are not in control of anybody else but you. The way in which you respond is the only thing in which you have control over. The only thing in which I have control over. And and, and I love here that it it goes on to say that in him, who's him? Jesus. Okay, who's the word? Jesus. Jesus. There we go. Nine times out of ten is Jesus. What's black and white and is cold? Not Jesus, a penguin. See, I said nine times out of ten. I haven't said a bad joke today, so that's a good one. Um, I'll I'll try. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Some of us, we will look and we'll see and we'll say, yeah, there's some dark spots in my relationships. Maybe you have a bad relationship that needs to turn good. You're not going to be able to uh, get a flashlight. What you need... Is you need the light, you need the source of light. You need Jesus to interject to it, to come into that relationship, because where light is, darkness can, dar, darkness can't smother the light. That's a beautiful thing. I don't know if you've ever done this. Maybe you have that you've turned out all of the lights and you light a single candle. It doesn't matter how dark a place is. That darkness cannot overtake, cannot overcome the light. If we have a, a, a darkness in a relationship, how much more do we need the light of Jesus Christ in that relationship? Verse 6, um, there, there's a little interjection in, in here that we'll, we'll, we're going to first meet this guy, and then he's going to come back a little bit later. Um, it says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Uh, f- again, for you, the, you inquisitive ones, this is not the same John that wrote... The, this, this book, the Gospel of John, this is John the Baptist. Uh, this is actually, um, the John that is being referred to here is, is Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist. He, he had an awesome wardrobe and an awesome diet. <laughs> You'll get that in a minute. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. So right right off the bat, when we first meet John, we know that John has a purpose. And and the relationship in which uh, Jesus has with John, and then John has with us, as we're going to see, we've got to respond. He had to respond. He will respond. We will respond. Verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. So another reference back to to, to him being present in creation. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. As a reference to he came to the Jewish people, because Jesus was a Jew. He came to the Jewish people, but those people did not receive him. Verse 12, and this is... um, this is where you and I have the greatest hope. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Remember when I, taught, when I said that, 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 we all, that all human beings are created by God, and we're created in God's image. That does not mean that every human being is automatically a child of God. There are some false teachings out there. It's called universalism that, well, everybody's going to go to heaven. I'll tell you what, and maybe this is me and you can pray for me in this area. If everyone goes to heaven, I think heaven's going to be kind of stinky, right? Because if everyone goes to heaven, I've met a lot of people that don't want anything to do with God, that don't want to go to heaven. The Bible is clear that not everyone goes to heaven. It says that everyone who believes in Jesus Christ, who has put their faith in him, becomes a child of God. Why why is that important? Well, if we're going to respond to God properly, the first response, what what we should have and the proper response is responding to him as creator, as God, as one, as we're going to see, stepped out of heaven and stepped into his creation. The one who pursued you, the one who pursued me. The, 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 the one that, I mean, he could have just like stayed in heaven and kicked it with his holy angels, right? I'm sure they got awesome rap videos, right? I don't, I don't know. We can, we could I'm thinking of what's that dude? What was that dude? The the the, the old Christian rapper guy, um, Carmen. Who, who remembers Carmen? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. No, um, oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. Let me go on. I'll just move past that. There wasn't even a point. But to all who did receive him, listen to me, woman. You need to hear this. (laughs) But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. No one has ever given you a right greater than that. So when we respond to God, we have to respond and and understand that he has given us the ultimate right. Well, I've got plenty of rights. I live in America. freedom and... Okay. Without... The right to become a child of God, it doesn't matter what country you live in, because eternity is still forever. Hell is still hot. I don't want to go there. Pause for effect. Verse 14, and, and, and we'll, we'll start to land the plane right here. Start to. We've got to burn some fuel first. Verse 14, and the word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Uh, Why is this important? It's kind of one of those those questions that you have to ask yourself. Why is this verse? And when people talk about, um, you'll hear big words like the incarnation the incarnation of Christ, all right, the incarnation of God. When, when, when you hear that word incarnation, I, I, I had a, a guy, uh, I heard him explain it this way, a preacher one time explained it this way, and it stuck to me. Um, it, it stuck to me. Yeah, it does stick to your ribs. Um, it stuck with me this whole time. If we think about the incarnation, think about chili, right? Who likes chili? If you ever want the best chili that won the chili cook-off, this guy had it, right? Um, yeah, it was not rigged. No one knew it. We like chili, right? We like chili. A normal person likes chili with meat, right? Uh, yeah. So what, what is that chili con carne? Huh? So you think chili with meat. So we, we think about incarnation, that same root word there, carne. God with meat. All right? Think about that. The creator of the universe, and I'm not telling you anything y'all don't know, the creator of the universe put on human flesh to come down to have relationship with us. If we're going to build and be in relationships, we have to understand the source of relationships, the ultimate act in relationship building, building a bridge that can bear the weight of truth is God putting on human flesh. And, and I love how, how it says this because it doesn't just say that he um, became flesh as if that wasn't enough. It says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Uh, in, in our translation here in the, the, the ESV, this translation, um, it, it doesn't do it, this word justice, I think. This dwelt among us, this dwelt um, literally means uh, to pitch a tent. Uh, the, the Old Testament would use the, the word tabernacle. So, so, so think about it. If you went home and you've seen a tent pitched in your yard, there's someone that's going to be there for a while. <laughs> Unless it's family and you're going to be like, nah, you got to get out of here, right? So, so what does this tell us? It wasn't a, 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 a brief interaction it shows us, it tells us that God came to do life with us. So when we're thinking about this response and this relationship and how this affects, I, I think that we need to, to, to really press into that. that, that um, and I love that song that you guys sing around Christmas, is how many kings, you know, how many kings stepped down from the throne. It's understanding that, that, that um, we cannot devalue and minimize the impact of of what Jesus, had, Jesus did by, by coming here, to, 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 to be up on that, to, to, to die on the cross. But that time in which he was spending with us, humanity, it, it is a, a time in which he dwelt. He, he pitched a tent he cooked a fire. He was in it says that John bore witness about him and cried out, this is, or this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. You'll know if you, or maybe you already know that, that John was a, a, um, a preacher out in the, the wilderness. Um, and um, we're going to see how he did wear camel hair and ate bugs. So uh, minus the, the camel hair, I think Jake like fits the build a little bit. Uh, you're going to come in coming here with like a camel hair. You might. It goes on to say in verse sixteen, from or for from his fullness we have received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. As we look at, at that. And that part where it talks about law and grace and truth, the contrast that is given to us there is something that that as I was kind of rolling through this, I found this statement that explains this. I don't want to read this so I don't jack it up. It says the contrast between the law and grace and truth is not that the law was bad and Jesus was good, rather, Both giving of the law and the coming of Jesus Christ mark stages in God's reaching out to humanity. Think about that. When when God gave the law through Moses, and even before that, when God spoke to Abraham, that was him reaching out to humanity. The ultimate show of God reaching out to humanity is sending his only Son. is putting on flesh and setting foot on the creation which he has he created as we look at this, I think that um, we need to to then kind of start to uh, um, ask ourselves the question about how how do I measure up, and I'm not saying a righteous thing here, but how, how does my response to God measure up and display my relationship with Him? Think about that for a moment. Like, it, maybe it's something I said today. Maybe it's not something I said to, for now, but you already knew it and it kind of brought it back up. But maybe it's a truth that, like, I never really thought about um, the impact of, of my response to God and how that resp- my, it, it affects the relationships in, in my lives. Or, or maybe we need to say, okay, am I responding correctly to God? Maybe some are, are, are in the, the, um, the camp of, of false religions, or, or maybe have been um, given t- false truths where, well, yeah, God's a God, but he's not, or I'm sorry, Jesus is a God, but he's not the God. I mean, I had the, the, the little old ladies at my house this week <laughs> trying to convert us. The, the Jehovah's Witnesses trying to, I mean, but no, they... You can't say that Jesus is a God because the, that, that text that we just read there, it says that he is God. I, I think that we need to have that, this right response and, and it's not, we don't beat people up over this. First, look at yourself. If, if you're, and, and I, I have to do this myself, if, if we are suffering in any relationship in which we have in our life, don't look at the other person first. We have a tendency to do that. Let's look at ourselves first and let's look at how, how is my response, how am I responding to my relationship with God? Because if I'm not responding to my relationship with God correctly, how in the world do you expect him to bless the other relationships in your life? I don't, I don't put that on you to put a weight upon you. I, 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 I throw that out there as a resolution, as a revision to, okay, these problems that we have, these, most of these self inflicted wounds we have in relationships, we can do something about it. Paul says to Timothy that, that God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self control. And of self control. I'm going to end with this one quote. You've heard me say it before, but I think it's, it, it, it's vitally important to what we're talking about here because Jesus displayed this beautifully. He said, or this, this, this author, his name's M. Griffin, says to penetrate deeply into someone else's life requires concerted effort in the present with implied commitment for the future. How much more can God say, I care about the now? I care about what you're doing now. But how much more can he, can he imply that I care even more about what happens in the future? That's where we need to look at and check our response.